Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. I do believe that the gift of prophecy is wildly important and very special for the day that we're in, and uh, we need it, every last one of us, and that's why God said those awesome things that he said in his scriptures about it. Um, We need to de-weirdify it and make it, like, practical and help us understand where we can use it in our daily lives, and I'm going to make a stab at that, but already the the spirit of prophecy is in this place. I want to share with you guys all week long, I'm not trying to one-up anybody, all week long, the Lord has woken me up to Psalms 91. All week long, every single day, it's, it's every Friday, and that was my fault. Uh, <laughs> so I just, oh man, can you feel the Lord in this, oh gosh. And first person, thank you Shelby, That was that's literally what he'd have me do uh, for Mary and I. And uh, this is the spirit of prophecy. I, I, I asked the Lord what he was trying to do, and he told me, um, I felt really strongly, and this will either connect with you or not, but it's a good kind of moment to kind of just check it, you know, how does this feel? But uh, this is what I felt like the Lord said. He said, I'm comforting my people right now. And um, and so I put this actually on my Facebook, and like, I don't know, it was like eight or uh, maybe I'm, I hope I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to. There were several people, let me just say that, um, that said they were also this week reading Psalms 91, and God had told him to do it, and um, and I just, and some even said that they had put it in the first person. I didn't tell people to do it. They were doing it already. God told them to do it. I just think that's so cool. I'm going to read it to you guys. Let's soak in this. Lord, let's pray first, Lord. What a great morning. Thank you so much for your presence here. Thank you, Lord God, that you're steering the ship and we can see it. <laughs> That's so fun, Lord God. We receive that. Thank you, Lord. We're not lost without hope. We got you, Lord God, and you you got Captain Hat on this morning or whatever. We love that, Lord. Thank you for encouraging us and letting us know that you're here. Uh, and, uh, Lord, I, I do. I pray for everyone who's sick. I know we're leaving tons of people out. There's everyone in here has been affected by this thing that's um, on the planet, and um, so we just thank you, Lord God, for uh, being a global God, because we need you. We need you to be global, Um, and I thank you, Lord God, when we personalize Psalms 91 this morning, Lord God, that you go out and do your stuff, that it's real, what you're uh, telling us. We believe we're we're Christians, so we're just going to go ahead and believe and have faith, and um, we look to you, Lord God. We need you. We can't do it. We need, we need a God who can. Um, but thankfully, you're the right one. <laughs> you're global. You're universal. I get that. But you're just everywhere in this earth. And um, let's just take a second. Um, uh, I believe God is in the silence sometimes. I'm not trying to make anyone feel any way. But, Lord, let us, let us just experience you right now in this moment. We need the Father. We're in the Father's house. It's your house. Yes, Lord. That's it. There he is. Come on, Lord. 
more, Lord. Yes, God. We love you. We treasure you, Lord. A pearl of great price. You're worth it all. We worship you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place. Just begin to thank him. Go ahead and enter the gates. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you with his, with your mouths. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. When you don't know what to say, you say thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes I say thank you until I mean it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 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 All right. When we, blue jean, abide under the shadow of Shaddai, we are hidden in the strength of God Most High. And where? We're in his strength. In his strength. I'm going to say it one more time because it's going to rise up in you. In his strength. In the strength of who? God most high. In his strength. He's the hope that holds us and the stronghold to shelter us. The only God for us and our great confidence. Some of us haven't felt confidence in a minute. God's like, hey, I'm on it right now. He's like, hey, I'm on that. I'm going to help you feel confident again. He will rescue us from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect us from false accusations and any deadly curse. Any deadly curse. Any? Some? Nope. Any. Any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around us. Some say uh, feathers. Uh, some say, uh, what's that other word? It's, what's this? Uh, I can't think of it right now. Pinions. That's right. Um, his massive arms are wrapped around us, protecting us. What does the feathers have to do with? It has to do with the mercy seat. Whew, come on. That's those angels stretched out across that, the Ark of the Covenant. You know, that's that picture they're given, you know, and that's just a symbol of what it's actually happening over, over us. It's not the symbol. It's the, the act of those mercy, uh, that mercy of God that's sitting there. You're not, you're not doing anything. You're sitting there. He's protecting us wrapped around us. We can run under his covering of majesty and hide. <laughs> the first time in the Bible, it becomes a good idea to hide somewhere. Like, don't hide under, you know, false identities or like, you know, trying to be strong today. Hide in the Lord. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping us from harm. We will never worry about an attack of demonic forces. No worrying? Wait a minute. <laughs> I get this worrying thing down. I can do it all the time. You know, I'm worrying for, you know, people I never even met. <laughs> you know, no, you don't need to do that. All right. So we will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have, a, have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against us. I felt spirits of darkness before but I don't need to be afraid of those guys don't fear a thing that's what this translation says 
don't fear a thing. That's what Colin spoke on last week. We're all in tune, I'm telling you. The spirit of prophecy is in this house. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble us, nor will the powers of evil be launched against us. They can't even do anything. He's disarmed and defeated. <laughs> Just picture that for a second. He doesn't have any arms. He doesn't have any feet. Like a big old tomato. Dork. Anyway. I got distracted there. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble us. It's time for us to stop being troubled. It's really time for the torturers to cease around us. This is not the day we're in. We're, we're, this is the day of, of God's peace. Don't fear a thing, it says. Even in a time of disaster, guess what? That's what it feels like, doesn't it? With thousands and thousands being killed. Nobody talked about how sad that would be when it was really happening. Gosh almighty. We will remain unscathed and unharmed. And it takes a certain kind of strength even to be able to stand up when, other, when you see other people falling around you, man. But even that's in here. I honestly don't care if we even get past this psalm to, this morning. I just think, guys, I mean, I've had a supernatural encounter with this psalm every single morning except for Friday, like I said, <laughs> this week. And uh, the Father just came and and just grabbed me with those big arms, you know, comforting me. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or our disease infect us? That's pretty pointed right there. God sends angels with special orders to protect us wherever we go, defending us from all harm. Whenever we do see de demonic attack, by the way, it's really important that we consider the math on that. You know, one-third, one-third, that's all. So if, if there's one demon, there's at least two more angels to every one demon. Right? So... God sends angels with special orders to protect us. That's those guys, wherever we go. God sends angels with special orders to protect us wherever we go, defending us from all harm. If we walk into a trap, they'll be there for us, keep us from stumbling, even stumbling. How many stumped their toe recently? Even that. I mean, they are concerned for us, you know. When we let God drive, when we go and hide in him, then um, there's going to be comfort. We'll, we'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of, of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath our feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to us. Because you, Blue Jean, love me, delight in me, and have been loyal to my name. That's right. I remember Debbie saying, you know, this is a place the Father loves. Yeah, I don't remember how she put it exactly, but that's the gist of it. It's so good. 
because you love me, delight in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. Uh, this is his part. He's doing his part. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about your part in here other than hiding in him. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. That's why we prayed earlier for Mike and everybody. You can throw in the people you know need to be in there too. And you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you. I will satisfy you with a full life. This is his concern. Like God cares whether I'm satisfied. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. You're going to get it all through your life. You're going to experience the fullness of of his salvation. Woof, come on, Lord. Come on. Did you know Moses wrote this psalm? Blew my mind when I I always thought it was David, which I love David. Who doesn't love David? But Moses wrote that psalm. That's something. The friend of God. Moses was the friend of God. Oh, cool. All right, I think I put some of you guys to sleep. I didn't mean to do that, but thank you, Lord. You know, his pre- His presence is comforting. You might want to take a nap. Sometimes it's the most spiritual thing you can do. <laughs> take a nap. Isn't that good? He's that good. He is. Uh, uh, praise you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come and protect us. Stop it, Siri. Get out of here. What was that? And Siri said, you are the wind beneath my wings. You know where those lyrics come from? Psalms 91. I don't even know why he said that. All right. Okay. All right. I am going to uh, share some message this morning, and I think maybe we've got a couple of words. We w- we'd love to give a demonstration of, of the power of God. So if anybody does get a word, uh, you know, we want to s- spend some time on that, and we'll have, we should have enough time. So um, I'm not going to go into a lengthy uh, preach or anything. So, Holy Spirit, activate in Jesus' name. <laughs> Come on. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I messed it up. <laughs> How many of y'all have had that kind of stuck in your head since Bob shared with us? <laughs> There's a couple. Okay, good. That's really good. I mean, that lady ministered to the world, didn't she? Okay, Bob mentioned 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. It's good, right? Um, that word, uh, something that's always stood out to me that I feel like is really important is that it has the, in, in the meaning of that word, in the uh, original Hebrew, it can be translated as edification, which means edify, which has to do with like building and stuff like that. So you build up build up, edify, um, the, uh, so, and so very good point. Thanks for sharing on that, Bob, uh, Acts two seventeen. that's the one it says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, everybody. So that's helpful. It's not, uh, not just some, it's everybody. It says all, uh, so that's helpful. Let's see. Eagerly desire. Where was that one? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Eagerly desire, especially the gift of prophecy. I already said that. Okay, good. 
First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty one says all can prophesy. It makes that statement right there, all. So I want to I want to get you guys excited for what Bob's going to do on Wednesday nights the best I can. You know, this is my version uh, of why it matters that you have these this gift in your life. Um, and the priority number one is the connection I believe it makes between you and the Father. And when you practice prophecy, you cross the chicken line or something, you know, you, you get past it and you start to experience something. And that's the partnership that's available between you and heaven on the earth. <laughs> it's a big deal. And so in that, that's why it matters. Because you, you go from, from the head to the heart, like we sang this morning. Like, you know, because you read it in the, in the Bible that God is moving and saying things and doing things on the earth. But now you've experienced it. That, that means it's not just a scripture in a book. It's like living inside of you. That scripture belongs to you now. It's something that you're carrying around with you. And so it's, that's why experience is important. Not because the word isn't important, <laughs> but because when you experience it, it's yours. It's not your parents' faith. It's not uh, your pastor's faith. It's yours. And that's really important. And I would just encourage you to think, you know, I mean, I know that's a, that's a what we're doing is a, we're living what Jesus paid for. And Jesus, get your full reward in us. Come on. Seriously, like he deserves it all. Everything he paid for. And he wanted the kingdom. He spoke about the kingdom over and over and over again. Thankfully, he was letting us know what we were, what we were going to be doing. Bringing the kingdom of God. So, all right, so Isaiah 61, 1, one of our favorites here in this house. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. A lot of these people are in, in the picture that it's given. They're, they're actually in the situation, but he's saying, hey, I'm going to tell you that there's liberty And uh, so words are powerful. We know that God spoke, all the worlds came into being. I mean, like, this is like what he's doing in us. God's word in our mouth, think about this. God's word in our mouth is still his word. Whoa. So it has that kind of power. And that's why he's trying to help us understand. Like, we can't just be walking around saying bad things about everything that we own and do and how, you know, and all that spirit of frustration would do is steal from you all day long. It does to me all the time. I am not trying to point anybody out or anything like that um i wish it didn't i wish i was but you know thank god there's an option i can change my mind about stuff um confession kind of leaves you somewhere it doesn't get you somewhere it's really helpful you know you can get something off your chest repentance gives you an option gives you another uh something else you can do with your your uh, energy or your, you know, your efforts. Okay, cool. So uh, this is important for where we're going. Uh, oh, yeah, we're still good. Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. Um, cool. So God loves the world. He does. He loves the world. Thank God he loves the world. I wouldn't be here, that's for sure. <laughs> I was so in the world, it wasn't even funny, man. Um but he does. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We forget about that first part sometimes. God loves the world. He loves it. He hates worldliness. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. 
What I am talking about is how God loves the world. He loves it. He's not in a hurry to destroy it, or he would have 2,000 years ago. You know, he would have come in and set all those Roman guys on fire and burned the whole place down and, you know, something like that. You know, it would have been Braveheart up in there. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't want to get too graphic. Okay, so, cool. So, uh, can you put that uh, first slide up there, the apostolic model? So I just kind of wanted to touch on this. So a great church like Blue Jean, honestly, is doing all of these things. Uh, there's worship, which goes up and down, right? You worship up, encounters come down. Experiences with God come down. That's the way I would, I would uh, I define encounter is a moment that is real that you've had with God. When you've had an encounter, you don't have to go back from there. It'll change your life, you know I mean? Like, because, like I said, it's not your parents' faith anymore. It's, and, and there's nothing wrong with your parents' faith, by the way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you need your own. You need your own. You need to have it right here. It needs to be yours. That's when that happens. When we worship up, God's encounters come down. Uh, when we spend time with God, he begins to speak to us. When we spend enough time in his word, we start to understand his language. You know, we start to see it in the birds or whatever, all that kind of stuff. That next arrow going this way and that way, that's, um, I love that word belong. That's so powerful. But that's family. We've been saying God just wants a family. That's beautiful. That's us. That's what we get to do, just be belong. And, um, and then there's this part. We're trying to do some, some discipleship classes and stuff like that. You guys are having fun with those. That's awesome. Train, equip, and send. And when you put it all together, there's this guy, you know, you can make that across if you wanted to, but don't need to. A community where people encounter God, become family, are trained and equipped to change their world. This is what an apostolic family is. This isn't like something, um, uh, what we're used to is more like a pastoral model. It looks like a, a triangle with everybody on, bo on the bottom and there's one guy on top. And that's not really very helpful, you know. It's hard to mobilize something like that. Um, it's not wrong. It's not, like, bad. And we all need a pastor. We need somebody. Those are gifts, you know. We need to find people we can share with that, and, um, you know, all that good stuff. So, But this model empowers you to be the church, not just the pastor. That's all it is. So they use this language, and some people get scared by the language. But that's all it's talking about is empowerment. So you could call it a culture of empowerment if it makes you feel better. But that's what it is. Everybody carries the gifts. When you can prophesy and you know how to and those kind of things, over, over the next three weeks, I, I just challenge you, dive in with Bob. We've got a police officer out front. I know it's dark outside. You know, we've got, uh, we've got K through 5, so parents, we want, you guys can be there. We've made a way. Uh, we've got uh, some good stuff going on for people to learn how to do it. But once you've learned how to do it, what's going to happen is you're going to become the church. So that, that uh, pyramid thing where one guy's on top flips right upside down, and everybody's on top, and everyone underneath is just serving so that those people can do their thing. You know, It's powerful. It's empowering, uh, the, the empowering model. And uh, where, where do you, you know, what's the point? Like, you know, do you want us all to become pastors and preachers? The Bible does say that. It says that we all are preachers, and, uh, uh, which is exciting. But, but I want you to think about this. I'm just going to 
broached the subject. I'm not going to go deep into it, but can you throw that other slide up? Um, so this is a subject. This is actually called the Seven Mountains. They lumped them together into this one. But there's the church, business, government, media, education, arts and entertainment, and family. This is what God wants us to be able to do to influence and uh, be a part of, not just the church, you know. I'm not exactly sure why they put church on the top. There's probably a bunch of thoughts on that. God, morality, and values, I got it. Um, but any of these could be on the top for you. You could just be in business, a minister. In government, a minister. In media, a minister. In education, a minister. I, everybody in here is doing this, guys. By the way, that's one of the, tr the reasons this church is so amazing. It's just so good. We don't even talk about it. We're already doing it. But the thing is, uh, this is, you can take the slide down. Um, you know, we can, we can do this with all our heart. But when we do it with God, we get to share in what he's doing. And that's why these gifts, you know, two of the most powerful gifts I've, I've, where I've seen God work through me um, were, were healing and prophecy. Those are the two most powerful things that I've experienced in my life where I was like, wow, God is using me, you know, and those gifts are powerful when you're in a business meeting or, or you're trying to get together a curriculum or whatever you're doing, like those gifts are really powerful. You can say, what are these kids going to need this year, Lord? And, you know, give me an understanding. And then just like that, you'll see the, the word open up to you or something will, will become clear. You'll get a picture. Uh, who is it? Rick Williams. I'm going to put you on the spot, man. But gosh, that guy gets some of the most amazing pictures in, in prophecy I've ever heard. It's just awesome. It's really cool. I mean, he just described this whole thing, and I'm just like, man, come on. Um, anyway, so you'll get something like that for the thing that you're doing. And uh, it's and it's that's when you know you're hearing from the Lord, right? When I pray for healing or something, I see somebody get healed. I know I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm not a doctor or anything, you know. I'm you know I'm trying to figure out what's going on in their body and all that kind of stuff, you know, like a little. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm what I'm how to figure out that, all that stuff, but I know the guy that made that body. I know the one that made the cells that designed them and has access to to healing and more. So. That's why I call on him, and then I get to see that, and guess what? If somebody sees that, they're done. They're cooked. They're like, wow, God's real, and they're, on, they're in my boat with me. You know, They're just like jumping on in. Let me rattle off a few other reasons you might want to get excited about the gift of prophecy in your, in your personal life, wherever your sphere of influence is. You don't have to change lanes. The one you're in is the one God wants you in. He doesn't make mistakes. You're there on purpose. Those people around you, uh, you know, I mean, you might have, like, some real resistance around you, and that probably means you've got something big you're carrying. You know what I mean? So in, in pressing in to know the Lord and your experience at, at work or wherever you are, you're, you're, uh, you're building up and connecting to that supply that heaven has to absolutely awaken the kingdom all around you. It's so beautiful. Guys, this is the gospel, the good news. Jesus, he, he died, he did. He did die, but he rose to life. You guys know this, but I'm just saying, that's the part that's, that deserves some of our attention. It really does. Our sins got paid for. Amen. Thank God I would be such a mess without that. I'm so glad that happened. 
but he rose, a dead body, rose from the grave after three days. That's long enough to do some serious damage without life in it to a body. He rose from the, from the dead. This is a crazy miracle that happened. I won't go into details on that. It gets too gross, but okay. Why prophesy? Let me just answer this. People need to experience real God. I think Bob mentioned that. They don't, you know, uh, Colin said it earlier, you know, like, let's stop, let's not play church. What's the point, you know? People are so tired of religion, it's not even funny. They have zero tolerance for it, you, you know? They want the reality of God, and they deserve it. You've experienced it. They deserve it too, you know, in that sense, not in the sense that Jesus didn't need to die for us. That's not the sense I'm talking about. None of us deserve what Jesus paid for, what he did, but he did it. So we're gonna, in our act of humility, we receive it. That's actually humility. Humility isn't uh, thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. I'll say it again. Humility isn't thinking less of ourselves. It's thinking of ourselves less. Um, Miss Amy, I'm so glad you're back. You're just encouraging me over there. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for getting into this word with me. All right, so uh, another one. Demonstrate power. That's 1 Thessalonians 1, 5. says that we don't come with just words and stuff like that. We come with power. Prophecy will demonstrate to someone that um, that God is real and that he's powerful, that he knows them, that he's been watching them, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's really helpful. Uh, okay, another one. Because humility isn't thinking, oh, I just said that. All right, never mind. You become others-focused, right? Good. Uh, the world needs fathers. That's another one. That's a big deal. And mothers, sorry. Um, no offense on that. Uh, the world needs comforters, needs fathers, needs people that can direct them. I love that that scripture, uh, build them up in the way they should go. You know, that's in Proverbs. It just came to me, so I'm, I don't remember the address. But, uh, but uh build them up in the way they should go. It's talking about kids, raising kids and stuff like that. And if you look in the, in the, I, I guess the Aramaic or something, but um, it says um, the bent that they should go, the bent. And that's like, there's just going to be something there that just really stands out to you. And in that you can invest and that's going to be the life of God coming out of them. Um, the world needs fathers and mothers we need to let people know what's in them. We need to become, in the best way, gold diggers. <laughs> you know, we need to look inside of people and say, you know what's good about you? This right here. Let me just show it to you. Let me pull it out here and let you see what it is. This is good about you. And when you do that, you watch people get clean. They, get, they, they experience the Lord. You know, it's not something you can do. And it's not about just making everybody feel good about themselves. It's about the the prophetic is literally something that you will see in someone and it'll come to life and you can and it's just there's something different about it you know it's not a guessing game it's a waiting game more you know you wait you hear you see something in your mind's eye all that kind of stuff and you say something that's mind's eye thing sounds a little scary I get it but 
uh, that's just I'm just describing something. You know, when you sleep or daydream or something like that, you you see things. So that's all. I'm, that's a concept. Okay. Uh, the world needs revivalists. It does. All seven of those mountains, they become the mountain of our God. They can become the kingdom. That's the end of the, the book. That's what it's saying happens. So that's Isaiah 2, two. It says all, these, all the mountains in the world become the mountain of our God. It becomes the kingdom. So that's what God is up to. So listen, we're not, um, we're not like getting ready to be pallbearers bearers at the, the funeral of the earth, you know, pulling the earth down and with a really sad song going on. That's not, what's, that's not what's happening. What's really happening here is that there is a wedding that we're being prepared for. The church is the bride and there's a wedding. That's prophetic. That's the Bible's prophecy over over what's happening with us today. Um, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, too much on all that other stuff. So, you know, um, Jesus prophesied a lot. He did several times. Uh, the the one of my favorites is you know the you have five husbands. He told the woman at the well. You know, that sounds kind of harsh, <laughs> but it was really helpful for her because he she really knew at that moment that Jesus um, could see her life. He knew everything about her. And that's the way she said. She said, wow, he knew everything about me. <laughs> you know, I can't even, you know, I, I believe it. What an awesome thing. Jesus is showing us, you know, and Jesus is perfect theology, you know. He prophesies a lot. Uh, I can't remember the guy under the tree. There, that's another example of Jesus prophesying. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. Okay, cool. Cool. Anybody got a word? Come on up. I want them to hear you online, so I'm going to put you on the microphone. Thank you, Shelby. You all have heard me say before that in worship, I can really get a download occasionally. So I had two this morning. Um, One was that when you put the seven mountains up, I saw them in worship, and I saw Jesus dancing on the seven mountains in Selma, which means that we will have success in all seven mountains because he and us will conquer those mountains in Selma and they will be prosperous. The other word was um, I saw the city of Jericho with its impenetrable wall and the assignment that they not go in and take it until it had been circled seven times. And I believe, and it was circled by the priest, and then when the wall imploded in, the army went in, and the treasury that was brought out was not for any one person, it was corporate. And so I believe that this, this wall is about the teaching of prophecy. And you all are preparing a way to go around it for it to implode for the rest of us to come in and get the treasury, but it's a corporate treasure. It's not just for the individual. The individual was slain in his household because he took it for himself. This is corporate. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? 
Donna, come on up if you don't mind. Uh, this is a, a personal word. Uh, while I was worshiping uh, at the back, I was praying for you, Mary. And uh, is it okay to tell them why I was praying for you? On Tuesday, in it Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Mary is going to have shoulder replacement surgery. Ow. That's what I was back there thinking. I was going, Lord, wow. And what I saw was an arm shooting a basketball. And I really went out. <laughs> I said, Lord, why are you showing me an arm shooting a basketball? And uh, he never answered. Um, but what I did hear, Mary, was during uh, worship, the, the song where the line said, the dry bones became an army. And I just really sensed that your shoulder replacement is going to bring you to life in a way you've never been before because of all the pain and debilitation that, and, and you are an army unto yourself. You're a prayer warrior and many other things and that uh, your dry bones are going to become an army. And so in your healing, there's going to be healing for many, many others. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. All right. Colin, come on. Thank you, buddy. My um, my um, my words, uh, personal word as well. Um, I'm I got a, I got a, a word for you. Um, and and here's what I felt like, um, the spirit of the Lord was was saying to you this morning, is that the righteous you, will flourish like a palm tree. You will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. You will still bear fruit in old age, and you will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. You will bear fruit in old age, and you will stay fresh and green, and you will flourish in the courts of our God. So good. So good. Bob, can I put you on the spot? You got something? <laughs> Bob is so honest. That's what I love about him. If he'd had something, he'd come up here and shit and do it. But you don't have to. There's not a performance requirement, you know. And that's good, isn't it? But when he does speak, you'll hear and, and you'll be able to do it. And that's the thing. We, we've taught ourselves not to hear. We've taught ourselves not to see. We've taught ourselves all these things, you know, trying to, uh, you know, honestly, it's harsh, but it's like it's about control and pride and all that kind of stuff. But we're, we've learned to ignore the supernatural in our lives. And God's like, hey, it's, I'm, it's right in my word. You can't turn four pages without seeing it. You know, you're going to ignore it still? You're reading this every day and you're still ignoring it? Really? It's a lot of effort going into that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just... Yeah, it, you guys hear me. Come on, we can do this stuff. That was so good. Thank you, Colin, for sharing. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you, Donna. Um, awesome, yeah. And uh, we're going to do a... Oh, Mary's got a word. Come on. Yeah, I was just remembering what I we were chatting about this morning. Um, so yesterday, Josh mentioned something about, you know, what if the whole world was of one mind and if we all 
believed in everything that the Lord has for us. And if you can imagine, like, if all of us were of that one mind, I wonder what the world would look like, like what things would be flourishing. And um, so it was just really exciting. I was just like, oh, my goodness, like, just imagining, you know, like how all of us here love the Lord, we believe in Jesus Christ, and just imagining each and every person on the planet at this moment believing that. And what would that look like? And I think there would be, of course, like just heaven on earth. (laughs) It would be that. So it was just really exciting. And I just feel like that that's something, you know, that is the Lord's heart. And um, so I just wanted to share that with y'all. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Unity is God's idea. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'll pray, and uh, and then we'll do a video. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, and then we'll do communion after that. Thank All right, Lord, thank you so much for your presence here, Father God. Thank you for the gifts, Lord. We just we do appreciate you, you giving those to us, Lord, and we want to receive them. Teach us how to do that. Um, thank you for helping us, um, you know, do that with you, Lord, so that, uh, you know, we receive from Jesus the master, the king, um, Lord, and I just thank you so much, Father God, for how you can bring us in into that um, in a way that matters to us. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray your blessing on each of us, Lord, and uh, thank you, Father, for being here this morning. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.